chip on the floor, man. Some neighbors are saying way too loud. Welcome back, everybody, to Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside Thomas Dick. And Thomas, for the first four weekends of the NASCAR season, I was excited to recap all the races. It was very exciting. This weekend, I'm coming in and I'm like, meh. Yeah, the race, the race it, weren't it was, really competitive. We didn't it, really like the Xfinity race. What'd you think of uh, the two races at Phoenix uh, Raceway this weekend? Yeah, it was very meh. I uh, I don't know. Traction compound to me, it's code for this track sucks. So we have to do something makeshift to make it raceable. Um, and it, I, I will say the cup. I didn't find the cup race as bad as the Xfinity. The Xfinity was like, I don't know how many yellow, yellow flags. There was a lot. And it seemed like all of them were in the third stage too. And uh, yeah, I lay the, the announcers are all excited about the traction compound, but I mean, I don't know. I just, it was meh. Well, that's why I had the uh, tweet up. Uh, Sunday morning, I tweeted. I mean, for the amount of times that the announcers said the words traction compound, they should have donated a dollar to a local Phoenix charity because I mean, every time a car went up to the traction compound, they had to brag about the car was going up into the traction compound. And we kind of joked about it because last year when we went to the uh, Texas race and we were listening to the truck race on the radio, that's all they mentioned was, you know, the traction compound, traction compound. And, you know, we kind of made light of it. And then now it's kind of like, this hurt the race and we'll get into both the Xfinity and the cup race, but I think the traction compound caused a lot of problems, especially when teams got up into the marbles near the wall. Uh, and that's why we saw so many caution flags in the Xfinity race. And you would think with all the caution flags, at some point they would have sent something up there to collect all the <laughs> marbles during one of the caution. And I don't, you know, like the, the short track races, you get the, the, the bumping and whatnot and good cars get knocked out. But this, like a lot of the good cars got knocked out. The driver that got wrecked was not doing anything wrong. And to me, that makes it a bad race when stuff like that happens. And it happened quite a bit. Well, let's get down to it. The Xfinity race, which was on Saturday, Austin Sendrick grabbing his second win of the year. He was dominant all day. One stage one ran into a little bit of pit issues after stage one. Um, and then he ended up winning the race by a wide margin. But Austin Sendrick, your guy, who we always bring up, able to get his second win of the year. My guy, but you picked him. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as Clint Boyer said uh, in the race yesterday, I gave you a layup on that one. So I went <laughs> with Harrison Burton, who we'll get into it later. He was one of the cars that uh, would have, should have, could have, I think. Well, I'm glad I got Cendric right because on Sunday, my two picks were absolutely atrocious from Kyle Busch and Ryan Newman. But uh, getting back to Saturday's Xfinity race, the three Gibbs cars, Brandon Jones, Daniel Hemrick, and Harrison Burton uh, were the class early. Uh, Justin Allgaier made a charge. And then Ty Gibbs, who is only racing in a few Xfinity races this year, uh, won at the road course, and then he was able to finish in second on Saturday. He had a great race as well. Yeah, and also he won the ARCA race the night before, which probably gave him a bit of an advantage. He could see how uh, crap, crappy the track was. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, in that first uh, the first stage, the collar cars also, I wouldn't say they dropped back, but they were 
I mean, they lingered pretty much the whole race between fourth and 10th. Um, and I think uh, a theme we will have throughout this is it seemed like there were a lot of cars in the top 10 that just were never competitive. Like the, the cars that were first, second, third stayed there. Um, and mainly that's because of the, the track setup and it made the restarts, I mean, seem to be the most important part of the race that, and, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit too, uh, the moving up and down in the pits, the, the pits and the, the pits were key in this one. Cause the, there wasn't much good passing on, on the track. Well, yeah, at the end of stage one, which Austin Cindric won, there's a big movement after all the, uh, pit stops, um, Brandon Jones got caught speeding and dropped back. Sendrick had to put a mirror on and he dropped five spots. Daniel Hemrick moved up to third. And then Hemrick was pretty good in stage two with Harrison Burton. And then after stage two, that's when Sendrick and all guy kind of uh, led the way until the last couple laps when it started to see some bumping uh, and everything on the restart. But you mentioned that the pit stops played a huge part because there really wasn't a whole lot of passing unless it was on the restart which is kind of what we saw on Sunday as well. Yeah, and the Gibbs cars were, we mentioned they were the class early on, uh, stage one, but they battled pit troubles all day, and that's something they need to button up as as we get uh, deeper into the season. Brandon Jones, we mentioned the speeding. Uh, Harrison Burton dropped back uh, 17 spots in his stage two pit. He came in crooked, and then some other stuff happened. Hemrick got caught speeding. and then Burton, because he dropped back 17 spots, he got in the riffraff in the back, and then he he was loose and spun. And then both the Jones and um, Brandon Jones and, and Daniel Hemrick, they wreck late. And then the only one to do well was Ty Gibbs, almost like uh, Gibbs Racing set it up that way. And then you mentioned the three college cars who we've been very high on this season. Uh, they're you know the, all three of them. They never really threatened. Uh, to win the race, but they were kind of sitting between fourth and 10th all day, uh, but they did pull out fifth and sixth place finishes. Almondinger, who won last week in Vegas, finished fifth, and then Jeb Burton uh, finishing sixth. But one team I wanted to highlight was Junior Motorsports. Their cars were fast, but Noah Gregson, his engine, whatever, exploded early on. Uh, Annette blew up as well. And then what was really the highlight of the race was Josh Berry, uh, getting into it and then giving the double-fingered salute to uh, Santino Ferrucci, your guy. Yeah, those were the two guys we mentioned last week as the uh, sort of the outsiders um, coming from different uh, different racing um, disciplines, and they had been doing well, and then they had to run in. And I, I'm sort of confused um, what Josh Berry was upset about, and as Santino said – like, am I supposed to give him two lanes up top? Like he gave him one lane. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. He got up into the marbles. I didn't think. And yeah. then, so yeah, I don't know about the double guns. I like giving those though, you know, so I know how he feels. <laughs> and one guy that we really wanted to highlight and we were very excited about this was Bailey Curry, who was your favorite paint scheme. And it was in the learner in row, a career best finish as he finished seventh uh, the, uh, in this race. But it's always good when we get some beautiful paint schemes finishing the top 10. And again, a congratulations to Bailey Curry on a career best uh, seventh place finish. Yeah, and uh, first, a couple things on that. A, 
you can get rid of the Xfinity paint scheme jinx. <laughs> I mean, he busted through that one with a uh, a top 10. Second, the only uh, I, I think I said the only thing better than a, a billboard lawyer is a NASCAR hood lawyer. But I saw Learning Row actually had billboards that had a picture of the hood. So they doubled down on that. And kudos to Learning Row. Kudos to Bailey Curry. Um, you know, that's a, a highlight for them. And hopefully they can get things moving. And did you you mention the career best for Brandon? I did not. We were getting into that. He also finished third. And I will say, before uh, we get into the, the thing uh, about the top 10, the top 10 look like a top 10 you would expect from Daytona or Talladega. And usually you get that at uh, Daytona or Talladega um, because of the big one. There was no big one. There was just a lot of little ones, a lot of paper cuts that uh, cut out some uh, some of the top cars. And so that's why I wanted to mention the top 10. Okay, so Harrison Burton finished 13th. After stage one, he was third. Stage two, he was second and ended up finishing 13th. Daniel Hemrick finished 23rd. After stage one, he was fourth and won stage two, led 44 laps. Then Justin Haley was in the top 10 in both stages. He finishes 26th. Brandon Jones, as we mentioned, was top 10 in both stages, finishes 33rd. And then there's a couple other guys that finished in the top 10 in one of the stages, and they finished 36th, 38th, and 39th. So as you mentioned, a lot of guys that we normally don't see in the top 10. And those were Jeremy Clements, who now has three top 10 finishes in the last four races. Uh, uh, Bailey Curry that we mentioned, Brandon Brown, and then uh, Brett Moffitt was able to get in uh, in the ninth position. Yeah, and uh, Riley Herbst, uh, I think you might have missed him. Yep. Um, Finished fourth. Yeah, and that, that was without finishing in the top ten in the first two stages. So those were – it was a pretty interesting race. And, again, I just felt it was not a good race. Twelve cautions for 136 laps. Uh, one of those was the competition caution, but – I mean, it was just, you can look at the sheet and it's lap 125, 133, 141, 149, 167, and 193. Yeah, and uh, that third third stage was a brutal watch. It was, uh, it was tough to watch. And I think <laughs> we can... Re- like if they get rid of traction compound, which I would like, um, I don't know how you fix Phoenix though. I mean, I'd have to get into some engineering classes and whatnot. And I think it can be done, but uh, maybe not, maybe not. But I would like, A, it was annoying. I'd like to get rid of the term awesome sauce. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Joey Logano. I think someone might've told him to stop saying it because he said it so much the first stage. He didn't say it so much the second and third. It was annoying. And, you know, I like uh, catchphrases. Awesome sauce was stupid and special sauce wasn't much better. And maybe it's because of my disdain for traction compound. So that will do it for the Xfinity recap. As we head to Atlanta this weekend, let's take a look at the point standings. Awesome Cendric in first by 47 points over Daniel Hemrick. Jeb Burton in third. A.J. Allmendinger in fourth, Harrison Burton in fifth, Brandon Jones in sixth, Myatt Snyder, Justin Haley, Brandon Brown, and Jeremy Clements round out the top ten. 
And there's some guys that pop out to me, Noah Gregson in 19th. Of course, he's had some trouble um, at Miami and then at Phoenix. And then uh, Justin Allgaier is a guy that I thought would be in the top 10. He's sitting in 11th, but he's 134 points uh, behind Austin Cendrick and no playoff points. Yeah, and another one on the outside, uh, Michael Annette um, sitting at 13th. I know he had his father pass away. Um, I believe it was last week or the week before, before his race. So I know he's had a rough time of it, but I think he is the one that um, is sitting on the outside uh, between him and Noah Gregson. I think those two um, can get, get in there. And then and Josh Berry's been running great. Um, he's He's got to finish it out much like Noah Gregson needs to do. So those two are sitting at 19th and 20th. So. So that is the Xfinity race again. They will race again on Saturday in Atlanta Motor Speedway. But as we turn the page to Sunday, a little bit better race, but it still kind of lacked that competitiveness that we've seen in the first four races. And Martin Truex, your guy, was pretty much, he ruled the racetrack from about the green flag pit stops in the middle of stage two. Uh, through the end of the race and he was just the best car on the track by far yeah and I really uh, I was trying to remember the last time we saw uh, his car that dominant and it, it's been a while so maybe they're trending upwards um, he I mean he had to hold off the Penske cars which were uh, I mean early on they looked like they were gonna they were gonna take it and run with it um, with Blaney Logano and Ed Keselowski finishing uh, stage one and uh, first, second, and third. Um, they were strong pretty much the whole race. And but, uh, Martin, Martin just overpowered them to, in the end. And I feel like this has kind of been the story of his years. They've kind of struggled uh, in stage one, but then they've just really poured it on in stage two and three, really making adjustments and everything like that. Because he started in fifth place, didn't finish in the top ten in stage one, and then was able to come in and finish second in stage two, and then obviously uh, winning the race by a wide margin. Once he pulled ahead of Logano, there was no stopping him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he up. did have the early run-in with the wall, which, yeah. I mean, I think you could say that for 50% of the field because <laughs> uh, traction compound marbled marbles wall. And uh, as you mentioned, the Penske's cars were dominant. Uh, Blaney, Logano, Keselowski finishing stage one and first, second, and third. Uh, Logano would go on to win stage two and finish second. And then Kozlowski finished fourth and he was up there all day. And then Blaney was able to pull out a top 10 finish as well. Logano led a race high 143 laps. Yeah, I, I thought the uh, the not picking Logano just based solely on the fact that he uh, screwed me over the last two weeks with his uh, bad performances. I thought that was going to come back to bite me. But uh, other things came back to bite me. I forgot who I even picked. Uh, you picked uh, Kevin Harvick, I believe. I picked Kevin Harvick. I mean, he was like much like we had said, there were a lot of cars in the top 10 who, although they're in the top 10, so you think they were competitive. He really wasn't competitive. Yeah, he started 18th, finished stage one uh, and seventh and finished in stage two and six. Let's talk about uh, Stuart Haas for a second while we're talking about Harvick. They kind of had a split day after having a terrible weekend in Vegas where none of their cars finished on the lead lap. Harvick was in the top 10 all day. Amarola, whose birthday was yesterday. If I wouldn't have known that, I probably would have made him my long shot. 
but he charged all the way up from 32nd uh, to finish 11th. Uh, Cole, or excuse me, Briscoe, Chase Briscoe uh, was 22nd. And then Cole Custer was kind of up there in the top 15 range, uh, but he got spun out uh, by Bubba Wallace on the back straightaway there. Yeah, that was one of the late ones. Um, they, they they were stronger, so you know all hope is not lost. Which I mean, it's still early in the season. Um, it, it was good to see Harvick back up in the uh, top ten after that twentieth, where like we said the week before, we didn't even realize he was in the race until we saw him get lapped. It was almost like uh, seeing Quinn Hoff. I did bring. I was texting the. A uh, friend of the program, Luke Hill, and, and I was like, hey, we just saw Quinn Hub's car. Granted, he was getting lapped. And then at stage three, it seemed like every time they showed the leaders, Quinn Huff was getting passed. So I'm glad we got to see uh, his awesome paint scheme. But I think one of the teams that I was very impressed with was Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Larson, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, and William Byron all had to start from the rear. Larson got caught speeding twice <laughs> on pit road and was able to finish seventh. Elliot was caught speeding as well. He finished fifth. Byron finished eighth, and then Bowman uh, finished thirteenth. But so they had kind of had a rough start to the day, and they overcame some adversity. And especially Kyle Larson well, getting caught the, speeding twice and finishing seventh. I I like every time I hear it, the explanation does not make any. Like I sort of understand that an actual speedometer won't be as accurate as you maybe want it to be but i i can't believe they can jerry rig something better than the uh looking at your rpms yeah because i mean to get caught speeding twice it uh well the other thing too is uh they don't get to practice. They don't get to be on the track and yeah. kind of you know, work on getting into pit road. But I just thought there was more speeding penalties that we had seen uh, in any of the races to start this season. And I mean, kudos to Kyle Larson to be able to battle back twice and go through the field and all that, especially with this track uh, was pretty impressive to me. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they say it's cause it's got that, they got that, uh, they button hook. Yeah. They got that hook and the, the pits, it's like a piece of pie. They were saying, and then, which led Mike Joy to uh, basically condescendingly uh, say that um, us NASCAR fans don't know what pie means. I've, I haven't been that offended watching a NASCAR race in a while. I don't know if Mike knew he was offending the fans, uh, or maybe he, he meant to just offend Clinton and Jeff. But it came off as him offending me. I know what pie is. And I I like to think a lot of I'm I don't talk down to NASCAR people. I think they all know what pie means. Yeah, especially when it's pie day, you know, three yeah, three fourteen, everybody knows, and then whatever the infinite numbers are after that. It yeah, cool. but you failed to mention, uh did you mention that oh you did mention like were they cheating? They all had to start from the back. They never really say <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, they uh, uh I, I guess they don't use the word cheating in NASCAR. Um, but failed, yeah, it seems odd. Inspector. They all had to go back there, and one of them got caught with the, one of the shady. Hey, we're just walking by your car, and we happen to see something thingy. Which every time I hear that, I'm led to believe one of the other teams set it up and then said, "Hey, look at that." Yeah, 
Well, not one team that I wanted to bring up was Joe Gibbs Racing. Of course, they had the winner, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Denny Hamlin finishing third, and then Christopher Bell placing 10th. And my my guy that I picked to win the race, Kyle Busch, just had an absolutely horrendous day. Finished a lap down. He was sixth after stage one, had some pit stop issues where runaway tire got away from his crew. So that caused him to take a penalty lap and just never really recovered uh, from there. And then he got into it with uh, Ross Chastain and had blamed him and was getting all pissed off on the radio. But uh, Chastain had to let off all the gas or else he was going to hit the wall and then uh, you know, Kyle, of course, blaming uh, somebody else. So a uh, pretty good day for Joe Gibbs racing aside from uh, Kyle Busch with three top 10 finishes. Yeah. And I, uh, I think some of the teams that finished in the, uh, in the th- like 12 to 13 range could consider they had a good race. I think, um, I think Stenhouse finishing 11th has to be happy with that finish. Um, Christopher Bell, I think, has to be happy with his ninth place. Um, D. Bendetto trending up, you know, he had a pretty good thing, uh, the week before he finishes, uh, 14th. Um, uh, Bubba, like, he was higher up. Like, I had him down on my notes of people who should be happy with their race results, but then he had the late trouble there. I wanted to see see what you thought about their pit strategy where there's the caution in the middle of the third stage. Every they had, they'd all made their stops and they were about nine laps, I believe green flag racing under their tires. And he was about the only one that stayed out and took the lead. And then he just dropped like a way. I mean, there's certain tracks. Anytime you can get tires, you can, you have to, because we saw it actually, it's almost like they didn't watch the race the day before Ryan Sieg tried that same strategy and he, it's like, they, I don't know. They, they were passing him like he was going backwards and he like, he dropped from first to, he was about 10th and then he just got knocked into the wall. So like, I don't know if Bubba's, uh, crew chief didn't watch that race you could see that was what was going to happen the other thing i wanted to mention was we forgot to uh, mention this on friday's podcast but denny hamlin and alex bowman's paint schemes would have been amazing for homestead miami oh yeah i mean uh hamlin was basically the dolphins colors it's like yeah. oh, you missed an opportunity on that one uh you could have had Tua throwing balls and <laughs> and and uh, uh paul blart could have been riding around on his uh, thingy uh, uh wearing like a bikini um, <laughs> and then uh yeah the the ally uh the the best friends car which you don't usually you see just straight up ally uh but yeah, that was a sharp look in Miami. Uh, had a little Miami Vice feel to it. So the point standings as we head to the sixth race of the year at Atlanta this weekend. Denny Hamlin in first, which is very impressive as he has no race wins. He has won three stages, but he is ahead of Brad Keselowski by 39 points. Joey Logano in third. Martin Truex Jr. in fourth. Kyle Larson in fifth. Chase Elliott in sixth, Kevin Harvick in seventh, Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Kurt Busch rounding out the top ten. But again, Thomas, we have five races, five winners, four different race teams uh, to start out the year. 
what and then your top three in the points don't have a win so yep. you can very easily see them winning uh some of the upcoming races and what is funny a couple weeks ago we were talking about how michael mcdowell was in, uh, sitting pretty i mean he's still pretty solid but now out of all the race winners he is fifth out of five in points so they finished probably a little lower than they wanted to about 23rd 24th place um he's got to start getting back up there getting some uh top 10 he definitely does i mean at this point it's not oh my god i gotta win another race but he starts it has to start stacking some top 10s in there along with the uh mid-teens low 20 finishes and then uh taking a look at the rookie of the year race chase briscoe in 25th with 73 points and then anthony fast pasta alfredo uh, is 30th in points with 47 so he's about 30 26 points behind yeah chase briscoe so that's another thing to watch on those are the only two uh rookies this year uh in the cup series so we will head to atlanta for the quick folds 500 i love atlanta go pretty fast and it's pretty slick so i'm looking forward to that we will preview that uh later in the week any parting thoughts thomas no, I just, uh, I mean, I just hope NASCAR takes a look at, I don't know, making Phoenix. And I, I, I will say, I think the Xfinity race, the Xfinity race is supposed to do two things. A, it gives sort of a minor league um, system for the cup. But also as a fan, to me, it's supposed to make me, I'm supposed to see that racing and go, I'm fired up for tomorrow's race and it didn't do that. If we weren't trying to do the best NASCAR podcast in uh, the U S if not the world, I might not have watched the Sunday race after watching the Saturday. So if anyone in NASCAR, we don't want to bitch about a lot of stuff, but please make Phoenix better. And that's where we will wrap up the season this year. That is the championship race now. So we will come back to Phoenix. Hopefully they got it all figured out. Hopefully it's better racing. And hopefully uh, we get an exciting race and crown a champion uh, in November. But again, just not a very fun weekend, I would say. Anytime you're going racing, it's fun. But it, it was by far the uh, and my least favorite weekend so far to start yeah. the year. But we're heading to Atlanta. We're hoping for big things. Cars going fast uh, down south. And then in two weeks, we uh, get something pretty interesting with the Bristol dirt track. I'm really looking forward to that. Yep, I'm gonna uh, in the in my off days. I'm gonna get a, a look at uh, in the, in a blink of an eye. Maybe we could talk about that on. The... Oh, that was really good. I watched that on Saturday. Yeah, I I will take a look at that. Maybe that can be on our list of stuff on uh, Thursday, Friday. I forget when we do it, but it'll come out on Friday. But follow us on Instagram, uh, Loose Lug Nuts Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Loose Lug Nuts Pod. Like, review, five star, subscribe, uh, subscribe um send cash donations um marcus uh, limonis if you're listening please sponsor us we'll be the camping world loose lug nuts podcast presented by camping world and or learner and row that's right all right well that will do it for our phoenix recap we will be back later in the week as we mentioned to preview the truck race the xfinity race and cup race from atlanta we will see you again later this week thanks again for listening I am Evan Roberts, joined alongside Thomas Dick. This is the Loose Lug Nuts podcast, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. I 
grew up in Texas where football was my game Until that racing fever started burning in my brain I started running many stops when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde and he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hill and Strillin Company We ran in five Grand Nationals when I was 17 My Talladega finish was the start of my big dream Thank you for the ride, Harry Hyde And I'm glad I had Granddaddy on my side given me the brakes I must admit she smiled a bit but it's me that runs the race now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance thank you for the ride Harry High and now I've got some others on my side 